Welcome to the Orlando Lady Boss Podcast, a show about women who impact, inspire, and grow the Orlando community. I'm your host, Diana Griffith, and the Chief Ideas Maker at Orlando Lady Boss. I'm here to introduce you to the women who are entrepreneurs, activists, artists, change makers, and leaders in the Orlando community. I hope this encourages you to impact, inspire, and grow your own community in Orlando and beyond. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to episode 71 of the podcast. And we are here in the second week of October and it is my favorite time of year in Orlando by far. Not so much because of October and Halloween and the holidays, but because I think Orlando just comes alive when the weather starts getting nice and we are almost there to that nice weather. The evenings are already feeling a little bit nice and cool. Um, and there's just, we all wake up from our summer slumber and just everything comes alive. And one of my favorite places to go and check out community events in Orlando is the Nook on Robinson. They have so many fun uh, different events. They're a supporter of the art and music um, community here in Orlando. So you'll get to see a lot of local performers there. Uh, and today I'm really, really excited that I get to talk with Mary McGinn, who is the one of the co-owners of the Nook. And if you came out in February to the Orlando Lady Boss anniversary event, we hosted it at the Nook and it was so, so much fun. Um, and if you are looking for future events, we Orlando Lady Boss will be having some future events. We just had one in September, and I want to thank everyone for coming out to that. It was so much fun. We talked about goal setting, and I will be doing more events um, coming up here in the future. So if you go to orlandoladyboss.com slash events, you can find out more all about what's going on on our event page and what's coming up in the future. But before we get to Mary, let's answer a question. And if you have a question for Orlando Lady Boss or for me to answer on any future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me, Diana, at OrlandoLadyBoss.com if you want to email me, or you can um, reach out to me on any social media at Orlando Lady Boss I, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and I will answer one of your questions in an upcoming episode. So today's question comes from Sarah. And Sarah asks, I have finally hit on a podcast idea that is actually feasible. And I have equipment already. But I wondered, is there was any software program that you would recommend for editing? Is there a guide out there on uploading your cast to different platforms? And how many episodes would you recommend recording before the launch? I really appreciate any guidance you have. Thank you so much, Sarah. 
Sarah, this is actually a great question. I get asked this question a lot or variations of this question. So I figured I'd answer it on the podcast. And actually, if you go on to orlandoladyboss.com slash recommended, you will find um, a plethora of information all about um, different recommendations I have for my podcast. But let's get on to your question specifically. Let's take it down a little bit by bit. The first one is what program would I recommend using for editing? So I went very, very simplistic with my editing and I use GarageBand. I have a Mac. It came right on my computer. I learned some simple tricks on my Mac. I try to make my podcast as easy as possible to upload and do. And so GarageBand has been fantastic. However, if you are on a PC, the other very popular software out there is called Audacity. And if you go to that orlandoladyboss.com slash recommend it, you can find links to both of those programs that you can use. I know there's a lot of other programs out there also, um, but those are the two that came recommended to me. And anytime someone has a PC and I get asked this question, Audacity is the program that I recommend. And you really can find tutorials for it all over YouTube. Um, even lynda.com has some. If you're a library card member here in Orange County, you can um, use those uh, those tutorials through the library system. So the next question is, is how do you get your podcast submitted to different platforms? So honestly, I am such a, a plug and play type of person that what I do is it, just like you host a website, you have to host a podcast. So there's lots of different hosting platforms out there. I specifically use a platform called Blueberry, which you can find on my recommended page. It's B-L-U-B-R-R. Why, And that is a podcast um, hosting platform, very similar to um, a website hosting platform. You might see like um, GoDaddy or um, HostGator or Bluehost. You have to create a feed for where your podcast is going to live. And Blueberry actually pushes it out to all of these popular podcast um, destinations. So I don't even have to do any work. I have a plugin that that hooks up to my website and it goes and I just upload the audio file for the podcast right into the word my WordPress um, plugin on my website because I use WordPress in the background. But um, you might want to check out Blueberry if you're using something like Squarespace or one of the other platforms. But I'm sure that they have um, they have hookups for those platforms also. But I just upload the podcast right there, and then it pushes it to all of the feeds from there. Um, I know that there are different ways where if they're not in there, you can go straight to the um, platform and just look how to submit your podcast. Um, there's another program out there called Lipson that's very similar to Blueberry, and they do a very similar things. And uh, so either one of those platforms are really ones that work for a lot of podcasters out there. And then the last question she asked, Sarah asked me was, how many episodes would you recommend before the launch? Now, this is a very interesting question because 
My advice to this is always, it's about doing first and learning how to be consistent and how you're going to launch and how you're going to go about this. So I would really start creating now, start breaking down the steps of what you need to do to start creating the the content for your podcast and start figuring out how long does that take you to make and how many episodes um, a month, a week, um, a year do you want to do them in a season and you just do them all at once and, and release them? Or do you want to have something consistently every week? I do a monthly podcast. So it really is up to you about how you want, how often you want to be producing. But it's really, really important that once you create that that idea of a schedule, that you're consistent with it. And you need to figure out how many hours you're going to have to commit to your podcast or really any type of thing that you're going to create. This this rule really applies to any type of content creation. How many hours are you going to have to actually be able to dedicate to this activity? Um, and how many hours does it take to actually create the content? And then that's going to help you determine how you go about doing, um, how, how you go about This will help you determine how you go about how many episodes you might need before you launch. Because remember, you're still going to need time to produce. And if you're working a full-time job and this is a side project, you're going to need time for rest and family and friends. And you really, really need to be realistic about how much time you can put into your projects. And then that's really going to help you determine how many episodes you need to have done in advance to help you maintain that schedule. But it's going to take a little bit of of experimentation at first. So I hope that answers your question, Sarah, and thank you so much for that question. And if you have any um, future questions for me that you want me to answer on the podcast, please reach out to me at diana at orlandoladyboss.com is my email and I'm at orlandoladyboss on all of the social media platforms. And again, if you want to see the resources that I am already using with my podcast and my website and my business, I have that all on my Lady Boss Must Have page, which I um, told you about in this question. And that is orlandoladyboss.com slash recommended. So Go check that out. Let me know if you have any more questions or you want me to fill in the gaps, and I might answer them on a future episode. Hey, everyone. Today we have Mary McGinn, who is the co-owner of The Nook on Robinson. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hi. Hi. So today we're going to talk about fun stuff in community and beer and bars and yeah. stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about The Nook and who you are and... What what you're about and what the Nook is about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my name is Mary. I am. Um, I've been living in Orlando for about ten years, and I've been an entrepreneur in Orlando since 2016. Uh, about a year and nine months ago, we opened the Nook. Me and my two business partners, and it is a Florida local beverage, craft beer bar, and venue. Uh, we work to kind of be a community space for all the different artistic communities in Orlando. Um, so we do all kinds of things like poetry, comedy, music. Final night, um, all kinds of stuff, and uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, and if you saw on my social media back in February, this podcast is going to come out in October. So that's like what six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. But um, we had our anniversary event at yeah. the Nook, and it was so fun. The Nook is so cute. If you haven't been out there, you definitely should go and check it out and say hi to Mary. So, Mary, what is the inspiration behind the nook like where did this idea come from so it's kind of more it was more of an opportunity okay um the former the space was once a bar called sandwich bar for about probably seven years Mm -hmm. and then the owner of that bar upgraded so he moved two doors down into a much bigger venue he's been throwing shows for years and years and he was ready to take a step up he moved from doing just craft beer to full bar and he needed someone to take his lease and my friend Danny um, Danny Alvarez he also owns framework coffee shop um, or coffee house I guess mm-hmm. um, he and I had collaborated on a project together we kind of helped um, get this co-op up and running um, back when I had a pop-up used bookstore and uh, he brought me in on the project. He knew I'd had 10 years of bar experience and that I was well-versed in craft beer and he had this idea to create a all-local beverage mm-hmm. um, bar and then he brought Matt Duke on who's our other business partner and Matt and I had collaborated on um, a project called Artborn Magazine. Mm-hmm. So one year uh, Orlando-based art Magazine. I, I was the editor for a couple months, and mm-hmm. then I kind of just backed off and was the literature columnist. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had all kind of worked together uh, um, in the past before, and we had the opportunity. And when, within about two weeks, we were open. Oh wow! It was that's crazy. a that's a, you know it's it's so funny that you're telling this story because I think about this a lot when I hear about other entrepreneur stories, especially around town. Is is that you've kind of been around town for years kind of doing your thing, trying to figure out, like, what's the thing that I'm going to do that's yeah. going to hit until the right opportunity comes along and then you're, like, two weeks later, you're okay, opening up a plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's about, like, who you knew and, like, what was going on and, like, all of the right, you know, circumstances being yeah. right for you to take a jump. And trying and failing at a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily failing, but having to pivot. Yeah, making mistakes and figuring out and, what and works yeah. and doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, learning through, you know, making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I will use the word failure because yeah. I think failure is super important. So many people mm-hmm. are afraid to do anything because they're afraid to fail, but that's how you learn. Yeah. I think that you you don't want to say failure because I feel this way. is After you do it and you failed, it didn't feel like a failure. It felt like, okay, that just wasn't right. Okay, move on. Yeah, but, like, beforehand, it. it feels like a failure. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's not a failure if you grew from it. Yes, exactly. If you learn something from it. And I, it's so funny. Like, um, probably by the time people hear this, I um, I have a, a picture. You have blue hair right now, which looks <laughs> lovely on you. But I had blue hair about three years ago when I first started doing it. It was, like, this, like I, it was like the second version of me doing bright color hair. Mm-hmm. And I put it on, and it washed me out. And I hated it. It looks so bad on me. And I was just like, okay, well, I won't do this again. But like before I started doing the vivids in my hair, I was so scared to do anything to my hair. Mm. And so the fact that I like walked around for probably two months with like this blue green hair that I thought looked awful on me, I was like, okay, well, this isn't so bad. Like yeah. <laughs> it was a total failure. And then you find the color that's right or yeah. like the different variations the of the colors yeah. and you're like, okay, yes. Okay, now now I know. But now I know like, oh, I'm not going to do blue again. That's okay. But like, 
beforehand, if I had thought that through and like didn't do any of the steps, I, I would have gone, if it's the wrong color, then that's total failure and I would hate myself. And it was like, oh no, I didn't, it's it didn't fine. really bother me, you know, like, especially that's like a low entry type of thing. For some people, I guess. For some people, it's not. Just like hair. Yeah, the hair hair could be very, <laughs> yeah. yeah, very emotional for a lot of people. So I don't want to downplay that. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, oh, it's okay, that's fine. It just didn't work for me. And let's move on to the next thing. So it's nice to hear like the same thing. Like, yeah, it's just about, okay, let's make a pivot and a different move. And I learned this and eh, now it was try this. Yeah, now I gotta try this. And it wasn't really a failure. So yeah. I love that. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges then now? You've been open for how long now? A year and nine months. A year and nine months. It doesn't feel like that. It's so crazy. How oh, my gosh. I know. I'm like, well, even a, <laughs> you came in today, and I'm like, gosh, we haven't talked in forever. And it yeah, felt like the year just flew by. Absolutely yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been open for a year and nine months, so I'm sure that you are past the getting your feet wet stage. Yeah, we just well, dove right in. Yeah, you dove right <laughs> in. So what are some of the challenges that you saw? like you you've encountered that you've learned from like within doing business at the nook specifically yeah so I definitely think that the biggest challenge has been time management (laughs) because we started we bought the nook so Mm -hmm. we it was a very awesome situation that we walked into thank you to Matt Scott Mm -hmm. Um, he let us pay off the nook as we went and it was very low risk because if we failed if we tried it it just didn't work Mm -hmm. we could walk away from it and we wouldn't have any debt and he would be able to you know move on and and put somebody else in that place he was Mm -hmm. kind of incubating us Um, so we ended up paying uh $25,000 $25,000 over the course of like a year and a half. And during that time, the money that now goes to giving us a little bit of a salary was just dedicated to paying off our debt. So before we paid ourselves, we paid off our debt. Gotcha. So in that time period, uh, you know, I was we were doing 40 hours a week of management mm-hmm. and then plus whatever it took for us to get the income we needed to survive. So I was working 70 to 80 hours a week. and um, So was, now you're finally starting to Now maybe. I'm like, ooh, I only worked 65 hours <laughs> this week. Yeah. Because um, I'm always, I'm one of those people, uh-huh. my friends, I've always had four jobs. Uh-huh. And I, I just, there's so little time. And I'm one of those people that just wants to do all the things. <laughs> so I'm willing to kind of maybe sacrifice my social life um, mm-hmm. in order to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. But that was probably the biggest thing was just working so, so, so hard and then still struggling financially, mm-hmm. knowing that, oh, I'm putting in everything that I have. But, you know, it's still tight. Oh, my life. God. I feel that so hard. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, I had someone the other day going like, what's keeping you so busy? And I was like, I'm trying, trying to make some money. Yeah, I'm trying to make some pay money. my bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, are you making, like, is it for right now or like future gains? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of work now in hopes that I'm like. I'm investing yeah, in my future. I'm investing yeah. my time in the future of like, this thing might pay off. And sometimes like, that's what you have to do first. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we definitely were bootstrappers and we're still there. We're like, yeah. our salary is probably less than minimum wage when we count our hours. Um, but it's it's definitely so much more helpful now. Like it's a, mm-hmm. like a, there's a little bit of tension that's been eased off, and mm-hmm. we're still working a lot. All of us are still yeah. hustling, mm-hmm. um, but it, not to the point where we're about to lose our minds. Yeah, but I also love the fact that you talked. I, I and I I'm going back to this because I think it's a really important factor in how people think about how do you structure business and how do you go about things. Is is that you had those opportunities to 
to do it this way because of a trust in the relationship with someone else. Yes. That they they saw you, they saw maybe the vision that you were going after and went, mm-hmm. okay, we can, I trust you, I know you, and let's, you know, I'm willing to give you like a little bit of a leg up. Yeah. Uh, instead of you going to the bank and taking out a loan. and, and, and just, Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very happy with our situation yeah. and how it all played out. No, but I think that those types of, like, little details are important in the in the grand scheme of thing and thinking about, like, there are different ways to go about how you go about your business venture. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, And sometimes it's about thinking creatively. Y- you talked about, like, the struggles as far as, like, the work that you're doing, that you put in, like, beforehand and stuff. What about getting people in to the note? Because that's the the important part, right? Is like yeah. getting people in. How did you start thinking about um, creating that community space and the types of things that you wanted to put into the space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So me and Matt and Danny all have been in Orlando for mm-hmm. a pretty long time. Matt is from here. Danny's been here for, I think, most of his adult life. I've been here for the past decade. And we all have our different communities. So mm-hmm. we kind of synergize in the fact that... Um, we all kind of bring a different community to the table mm-hmm. and like um, network and, and um, with different communities. Yeah, different. I, keep, I yeah, said the word community. community I, I get it, but like different <laughs> sectors of Orlando, yes. like there's different groups of people. So, that, mm-hmm. so um, Danny is a musician mm-hmm. and he's in the coffee scene. Mm-hmm. So he kind of has that um, demographic of people that he can reach mm-hmm. out to to say, hey, do you want to put on an event? Um, would you want to come in and do something with us? Matt is a fine artist. He's a visual artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's his kind of community. And I'm a writer and I do beer. Um, so we all kind of pulled from our community, and then our community started recommending people to come in and do events. And they, mm-hmm. just, it just it became a word of mouth kind of situation. And now we're booked out until November with events. We have events every single day that we're open. Awesome! And I see the events that you have all the time, and they look fantastic. Like we, we do some really silly ones. Yeah, you do, and they're so. <laughs> but it's like so much fun. Like um, you just did a Friday the Thirteenth like double feature in three D. Yeah, it's a third one in three D on Friday the Thirteenth. And I hate slasher films, but I really wanted to go just yeah. because like it was. It sounded so much fun, but I was yeah. like, I can't sit through a slasher film. Yeah. <laughs> so do one without a slasher film, and I'll like totally come and like watch. Yeah, a we movie. do it once a month. We got well, okay. So in October, uh-huh. it's it's gonna it's gonna be, be another slasher. It's film. gonna be a triple. <laughs> Probably a triple feature of horror films. Yeah, but I understand. Um, <laughs> I, I know what I'm walking we're into. Christmas movies. We're doing Ooh, like Christmas. Yeah. 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 So like, look out for like the beer movie night at the yeah, Nook. Yeah. We do it outside. We've got this big white wall that we get to um, like put a projector on, and we've got audio and everything. So bring your own chair. Mm-hmm. We do it usually once a month. Awesome. Yeah, so there's all types of stuff. There's fine art on the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a local artist that you have showing. There's all these, like, little ways where you're, like, incorporating the community into, like, different people. So then they're, they're also, like you said, recommending. And I got a recommendation when I wanted to do my event from someone within my oh, community. Yay. So Beth McKee from, <laughs> oh, <so> yeah, <laughs> from Swan Sisters who's been on the show, she was like, oh, you need to talk to Mary about like doing an event there. So, like, that. that, you know, the word of mouth thing is so important. And I love that you are an example of that also. Like, the Nook is, a, is an example of that. Yeah. So let's talk about, you have a background, you said, in craft beer and the craft yes. beer industry. And before we were, we were on air, you were talking about some of the more specific passions around that. Mm-hmm. What drew you to the craft beer industry? What do you love about it? Yeah. <laughs> so 
I started in the beer industry that was, it, there was actually local craft beer available, but I started when I was 18 working at a biker bar okay. in Texas. Okay. And it was mostly Bud Lights, but there was Scheinerbach and there was Ziegenbach, and those two were actually my favorites, and they mm-hmm. were locally crafted beers. Um, so that kind of got me the experience, and then when um, the opportunity came to apply to Orlando Brewing, which it was the only brewery open at the time, yeah. um, a friend of mine worked there, and I'd been trying, I'd been experimenting with, um, I, well, I start. so I started one week after my 21st birthday. So okay. I won't say that I had been sampling home brews and craft beers because that would have no, been inappropriate. No, we don't promote that. We don't promote that. But I had a very, I had a nuanced interest in the beverage industry, mm-hmm. specifically um, in beer. And so I actually got the call like right after my birthday because I, I had interviewed right before my birthday and then I got hired the week after I turned, or you know, a couple days after I got, I turned 21. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it ever since. Um, but yeah, the, I am obsessed with the community. The craft beer industry is so different than almost any other industry out there because rather than um, like butt heads with each other, mm-hmm. they collaborate. Like breweries will come together and brew together and and recommend other breweries instead of being like, oh, you should just only come to my brewery. They're like, no, go experiment, go try. Because if um, that kind of culture wasn't, um, didn't have, like if, if people weren't like, collaborating and, mm-hmm. and um, working together, then the culture wouldn't have been established. Everyone would still be drinking Bud Light. Yeah. Because they, they turned people onto it and they started educating and working together. There's this giant culture of everybody wanting to go to their local brewery and taste the local flavor. Uh-huh. So I really uh-huh. love and respect that about the beer industry. It's we, we The beer industry came up together yeah, because they Yeah, they helped they each other kind together. of yeah, come up together because they're like, we're all going to make this education effort in our own little places all yeah. over, mm-hmm. really, I guess, the United States it's at minimum over, in the yeah. world, yeah. like or parts of the world, I guess. Um, yeah, like I, I didn't think about that, but that's very true because you're kind of doing this education slash marketing campaign about why like these things are very interesting yeah, why it's better to drink local. yeah why it, yeah. exactly oh I love that so have you seen any challenges of about being a woman in the in the craft beer industry um I wouldn't yes and no I would say that people often um underestimate how educated I am mm-hmm. um they often assume that I don't know things about the product and I'm very, very, very well educated because mm-hmm. it's been a passion of mine for almost a decade. Um, but I'm okay with that. I like I like to surprise people um, and and subvert their expectations when they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I I get that too. I I've gotten to the point too where I can tell when someone's kind of underestimating me, and I was like, fine, underestimate me, and then that's fine. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Just do that, and then yeah, you know. I'll I'll just like I'll let you figure out that you're the one that's the idiot yeah. when, I, when I show you like you know I already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there's somebody I can't remember where I heard this probably on a podcast mm-hmm. or something, but um, your opinion of me is none of my business Ooh. is like something that I kind of live by because I used to always be wrapped up in what people thought about me and they they thought that I was good enough or educated enough. Mm-hmm. I it really doesn't. I, your opinion of me is not, unless you've got constructive criticism for me, mm-hmm. your opinion of me is not going to change my opinion of myself. Yeah. Um, and the, and so if somebody doesn't think, somebody thinks I'm just some girl that probably drinks white wine exclusively, then let them think that <laughs> because that doesn't really affect my world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I love that, too, because that's something that I've really had to break down because I think that it's it's something that holds a lot of people back from trying to 
put their ideas out there of mm-hmm. what other people are going to think about them or right. their ideas. And, yeah, it's not really any of your business. Yeah. I, I love that saying because I think the same thing is, like, I don't care what this stranger thinks about me or this person who obviously doesn't know who I am. They're or, willing to yeah. judge me. Yeah. I don't want, I don't care for their opinion. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like if they're just willing to judge me without actually getting to know who I am, then like their opinion doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Just, <laughs> null and void. Yeah. Null and Pass. void. And then <laughs> it, and it's like, and if I spent all of my time worrying about their opinion, then I'm not doing all the things that I want to do and put out into yeah. the world. And I learned that the hard way because mm-hmm. I was very caught up in my, mm-hmm. uh, like I grew up like a military kid so I was always traveling and so I was always the new kid so I was very very shy because I did was afraid people would think mm-hmm. I was weird I didn't know their mm-hmm. culture I didn't know their trends mm-hmm. and so I, I grew up just totally paralyzed with fear mm-hmm. of people not accepting me and then one day I realized you know what I'm totally unhappy so yeah. kinda, I kind of like broke through that bottom barrier of yeah. just getting to this low 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 point in my life and just just being like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and, and then after I, after I did that, I was like, everything got better. Yeah, we, we, uh, my friends and I, we say we ran out of fucks to get. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just ran out. Like, you get a certain amount in your life, and we just like spent them all early. Oh, yeah. so that, I actually, I wasn't sure what what, you know, what your uh, what your language is, but um, I was a creative writing major in college, uh-huh. and. Uh, in my non creative nonfiction class, like kind of the end of year, like big one, big project, um, or like uh, nonfiction piece. Mm-hmm. Mine was called "The Power of Not Giving a Fuck," uh-huh. and it was it was about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I I totally get that because I was in that same spot where you're just like this idea is not good enough because like this type of person wouldn't like it, or the, mm-hmm. and it, and it, I realized they were just like these like faceless voices telling me things that like weren't true weren't true and it was just like or didn't matter or didn't matter exactly and like we said at the beginning is like it's not a failure anyways it's just a pivot to the next thing because you need to go through the process to learn the thing you need to learn absolutely (laughs) yeah so so you're also doing all these other types of things you Mm -hmm. you said like (laughs) you're doing but I think that it probably keeps you you say you're very busy, but I bet it keeps you a little sane too. To yeah, keep you I mean, in I different would, disciplines. I, w- I wouldn't classify myself as sane. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but uh no, it definitely keeps it it satisfies my ADHD tendencies. Uh-huh. To, to to not sit and be focusing on one thing all the time. I have all these different projects and clients and things that I do, and it really helps me. I mean, it keeps it keeps me from burning out. Yeah, I think like, uh, well, because I feel that way, like I'm doing a bunch of different kind of projects at the time and they're in various stages of finished. Yes, (laughs) I feel that. Yeah, depending (laughs) on where they are. But if I get stuck creatively in one, I Mm -hmm. can switch to another one because it might be using a totally different part of my brain because of where I am in that project. So it's a way for me to kind of keep going at different levels and still produce the things I want to produce. So I have experience with, um, like, I I called it, so I'm a writer and I have this novel that I've been, that's Uh inside of me and I'm Mm going to write it, I'm going to write it, but then I became a poet (laughs) from procrastination. Uh Like, I've I've learned all these different things um, that have become productive. Uh I ended up, like, going to California and doing poetry and it was awesome, but it was out of procrastinating things that I knew I should get done, but all of them I could justify as productive, and uh-huh. I, I learned from them all, and I created things, mm-hmm. and there was results from all of them. But procrastinating one thing with another creative pursuit is 
a big thing that I do. Oh, yeah. You know, though, I think sometimes is that you're building, like, with the creative pursuits, especially something big picture like a novel, because I feel like I have, I feel like I have a memoir in me or, like, something like that. I don't know if I'm a, a fiction writer, but I'm a nonfiction so writer. I'm like a sure. sci-fi yeah, dystopia I'm, girl. Yeah, my husband's writing a sci-fi novel, and I hear it, and I'm like, that sounds amazing. It's just, like, not me. Not your, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel I'm very much, like, I have a memoir or something in me one day. Um, but I I feel that. Like, it's I'm not ready for it yet. So I got to do yeah, these other gotta, things, too. Yeah. Like, you're like, <laughs> I might have an inkling of the idea. And sometimes I feel like with creative, like, the bigger picture creative stuff, like, if it's not there yet, pushing it to... To come. If I'm not throwing it up, I'm not ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so then do other creative stuff. I mean, I became a painter in the midst of like oh, being I love a. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just kind of by accident too. And I was like, oh, there's this whole other discipline of things I love. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I think for for a year, I was like, gosh, I have. I feel like I have no words, and I'm a very wordy person. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes fine, you just go, you yeah. just go dry. Yeah, you just go dry. And then I feel like just within the last month or so, I'm just you know, writing a ton again. But I think that it has helped me by having the multiple disciplines yeah. that I can jump in and out of. you're not just, like, just grinding through that. You can you mm-hmm. can say, it's like when you're working on something, it's getting up and going for a walk and then yeah. being able to come back to it because you, you've let your subconscious process it a little bit. Oh, and yeah. And you've got more to say. Yeah. I, someone put it in a way that, like, especially with, like, creative work and the idea of, like, Doing something for your left brain to be active, mm-hmm. like walking or maybe a simple a simple task, mm-hmm. and then letting your mind wander. Like, yeah. that's such a big part of the creative process. And I, like, I block out time for that now. And it's yeah. valuable time. And you talk about things where you go... Oh well, who would do that, or why do I have time for that? And it's like, well, there is a there is a very There's valuable yeah. point to having no doing nothing or letting your mind think and create and 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 put connections together. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. And something about writing. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So yeah. um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> something about walking specifically is it? Um, it's an action that unites the left and right. Uh, hemispheres oh, of your brain. Mm-hmm. So it actually, like, if you are in that stuck point, like one of the best things you could do for yourself is go for a walk. Totally. I mean, that's that's what I, that's the advice that I have gotten over and over over again. And I know, I when I am feeling stuck, all I want to do is move. Mm. Like as my body is moving, then all of a sudden, like the thoughts okay, are coming. It's coming. It's yeah, back. it's coming. Yeah. Like it's gotten to the point now where like I'm like. Oh, I'm so frustrated. I can't break through to this thing, and I'm just like up pacing and stuff yeah. anymore. So it's like, oh, maybe I should go for a walk then. And I, I do walk I, every day, but it's so freaking hot to say, go in the middle I, of the day. Summer right is my least productive. Like fall is like I'm most productive Me. in fall and in winter. But summer is my least productive when it comes to like the cre- creative mm-hmm. pursuits because I just mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go outside. It's so hot. I feel. I, I I think I asked someone last year. I was like, is there like a sad disease for Florida? Like in the summer, in the summer? Yeah. cause that's how I feel too. Yeah. That and I and I I feel like it's just from the heat and there's just. Other things I need to do, then, then I feel less creative in the summertime mm-hmm. too. I but feel, as soon as fall hits, I am yeah. writing all the time. I'm sitting on patios, <laughs> drinking coffee. And yes, which I. But I think that that's important to think through too. Is like, what times of the year might you not be able to be as productive because of or creatively productive 
um, because of other things that are going on in your life. Yeah, your cycles. Are, yeah, your yeah. Si- yeah, yeah, your 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 creative and business and business cycles even. You know, because yeah. the bu- business can be different in industries depending oh, yeah. on the, the summer. Time of year. It totally changes in the bar industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not our season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure because everyone's on vacation, so they're not yeah. doing and as it's much. Hot, and mm-hmm. if it rains, and there's all just people. I feel like more likely. It, I feel like. Florida in the summer is like up north in the winter. No, I totally People agree. People just don't go out as they much. They hunker down. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, you just kind of want to, like, stay in your own spot. Why, why do you want to get sweaty every time you leave the house? <laughs> I just leave the house and immediately want to go take a shower after. Exactly. But I think that, like, thinking through those things big picture helps in, like, the long-term mm-hmm. So you way. can kind of prepare and, and, and plan for it. Maybe mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm going to get up earlier in the summer yeah. so I can go take my walk before it's 100 degrees. Yeah, and those are the types of things where you're, like, time management is really important. Yeah. But, like, those types of things in your time management, I think, are things that people don't think about when it comes to, they're like, here's this project followed by this thing that I need to do, by this thing that, you know, and it's not some of the other. about that self-care. Yeah, the, the self-care part of it. Let's go back to, like, The Nook and some of the things that you've done at The Nook. We talked about the double feature, the movies. What are some of your favorite events that you've done at The Nook so far? So, Probably one of my favorites would be we do a monthly hip-hop night. And it is so cool because it's, like, genuine, authentic Orlando art. They actually do, like, a cipher where they'll um, have the audience, they'll pass a hat and have the audience just write topics. And then people will freestyle battle with the topics they draw out of a hat. And it is, like, mind-blowing. That event, this one guy, it's an open mic for all, Mm -hmm. all different sorts. It's like we've got comedians, we've got all different kinds of people or different kinds of artists coming out to this event. Um, But it is kind of a hip-hop vibe Mm -hmm. and um, primarily hip-hop artists. Um, But there was one night that this guy was walking by with, he happened to have, like, an electric violin. (laughs) And he just popped inside and just started ripping on this violin and someone freestyled over it and I just I love when like art like spontaneous art happens and it's and it's not spontaneous because it you know it's planned every month and we do it um yeah but that guy walking but, by but, is but, fun. and yeah. and and the and the freestyle stuff where people are just coming up with things off the dome I love when like authentic things are created on the fly yeah and I mean but that's what's what's great about in person events, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, being part of what the algorithm on the internet is trying to send you, show you Things you want to see. Yeah, Yeah. it's like you get hit in the face with things that, like, you might not have ever thought about, like, Mm -hmm. looking for. Even if you're like, oh, I really want to go to this hip-hop night. And then, like, someone showing up with a violin and just, like, yeah. yeah, Like, those types of things are amazing. It's it's what makes art and creativity so fantastic to Mm -hmm. witness live yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing awesome i i haven't been to this hip-hop night and i keep seeing it and i'm like oh i want to go it's <laughs> usually on a last friday last friday mm-hmm. all right so this podcast comes out the second friday so look for the last friday of october yeah. head out to the is it going to be still this year I, th- so things are a little squirrely in october because <laughs> of halloween and things uh, like that okay we're working on it but check us out on facebook we'll definitely have it listed yeah check them out on yeah you should follow the Nook on Facebook, and we'll get to all the call-out tags at the end for sure. <laughs> cool. So the last question I want to ask you, Mary, is what is a piece of advice that stuck with you over the years? A piece of advice that stuck with me. I don't know who said this to me, but fail face first. Just Ooh. just go for it. Ooh. Yeah. And I've, I kind of do that. I just I, When I want to learn something, I just do it. And if I mess it up, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, um, at the beginning of this year, I heard someone that gave similar advice, and I feel like anytime I'm scared to do something, 
I just tell myself, well, just go fail it. Yeah. Like it's okay if you fail. If you it, like just go fail it. And I'm excellent at failing. Yeah, and her goal was to like literally fail at a hundred things throughout the year. Oh, that is such a good goal. And it was like simple stuff like, oh, I'm just gonna reach out to this like prospect and fail at, you know, like reaching yeah. out to them and failing. Then, then you're surprised by your successes. There's there's <laughs> been projects I was like, there's no way we're gonna pull this up, pull it off, and then I look around as it's done and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I I, I had lower expectations. Mm-hmm. But it, it worked, you know? Exactly. Or something extremely unexpected comes out of it. Like, you make a connection or, you like, something crazy happens that would have never happened if you hadn't just been like, all right, throw my hat in the ring. Exactly. It's, it's sometimes, like, the thing that you do creates these opportunities that you, like, maybe the project failed in the way that you originally thought it, thought it or whatever, right? But then all of these other little bread crumbs come out of it (laughs) that you could then follow from there. So I love that quote. Um, So before we leave, like I said, can you let us know where everyone can find the Nook on the internet? Yeah. So we're at the Nook on Robinson. We are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Uh, Instagram. So all one word, the Nook on Robinson. Uh, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you all should come out and like yeah. it is the nook and it's on Robinson. It's right there on yeah, Robinson. It is a <laughs> tiny little bar. Um, so right there in the Milk District, which is awesome if you haven't been out to the Milk District yet. Oh, it's such a fun neighborhood. It's my favorite neighborhood. It's so much fun. So come out and, and say hi to Mary at the Nook. Tell them that you heard her on the podcast. That would be awesome. <laughs> so she knows that you listen to her. And um and and we'll catch you all next time. Awesome, thank you. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit my blog, OrlandoLadyBoss.com, for all the show notes from this episode and past episodes. There you can sign up for my monthly email list where I share with you updates on news about women empowerment, networking in Orlando, content writing and marketing tips, and how to share your story with the world. Plus, when you sign up for the newsletter, you get my free download, Boss Up Your Bio, a worksheet that helps you write the perfect about page that makes you shine and speaks to your ideal client. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Orlando Lady Boss, and you can search for me on Facebook as Orlando Lady Boss also. If you're a woman in Orlando doing something amazing, please be sure to tag it with hashtag OrlandoLadyBoss so I can see all the cool stuff you're doing out in the community. Finally, if you got this far and you like what you heard, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. It really helps this podcast to get discovered by other people. Also make sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That way, a new episode will be automatically downloaded each Friday for you to enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, stay strong and go out and make an impact.